Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, welcome back, everyone. We're in the book of Revelation. Uh, we're finishing up chapter 20 today. Uh, McGee has us putting in at verse 14, just at the end of chapter 20. And we're going to chapter then 21, and we're going to be looking at the first couple of verses of this. What a, a great time to... Um, to, to have something positive now. We've seen a whole bunch of tribulation, a whole bunch of punishment, um, you know, in all of this. And now we're getting ready to see a new heaven and a new earth. This is great. This is what I've been waiting for, to see this happen. And, you know, um, for me, um, this is great because, you know, you see so much death and you go to funerals and you, you're, it, these are very solemn occasions, and everybody thinks about what it's going to be like, um, you know, to get to heaven, what it's going to be like, and this is where uh, God is describing some of it, and I'd like to pull in some verses from other parts of the Bible, too, to look at, um, because I think this just is so comforting to see God has a plan, and that life is not random, and that life is just not uh, meaningless, and, uh, you know, uh, all man's wisdom is just such folly, you know, all this uh, thinking of that evolution, and people just came from nothing, and nobody matters. It's amazing how something starts off as a as a man's kind of a whim, because remember that evolution was just the theory of evolution. Now they teach it as fact, and they don't have any proof. And even other things today in science, you think... Um, you know, people are, are sort of discussing different things, and pretty soon they start teaching people's opinions as fact. It's amazing. Even though we live in such a modern world today, I can, I witness it, I see it, that people are just claiming things as fact with absolutely no proof. And this is God's Word here, God's truth, and we can look at this and see something that is so important that is true. So let's dive right in. There's one thing that we know is truth, and whether or not, you know, you believe in God or not, there's one thing that is true, and that is people die. It is, it is unquestionable, un, un, no, no debate, people die. And even the smartest have to die. The richest have to die. 
And the rich and the poor, the smart, educated, and the uneducated, they all die the same way. People are powerless over death. And you can debate what's a sin all you want. You can debate religions all you want. But everybody's got to die. God says, I'm, gonna do, I'm trying to do something about it. And I'm going to lay down my life so you won't have to die. That's basically, that's basically the whole Christian message, the whole gospel message. And it's been said that, um, I believe it was Martin Lloyd-Jones that said it, um, the whole of man that in man and the whole of his of his condition of his problems is summed up by his relationship to God it's his relationship to God that matters in all of his problem in the whole of his condition in the whole of his problem it's about his relationship to God God says I know you're going to die I know you're destined to die I don't want you to die because I love you. I'm laid down my life so you won't have to die. Now that's fact. That's fact. And you can debate everything else in between. Well, I don't I don't want your gift. Well, you're going to die. <laughs> that's truth. And so I want us to jump right in because I you know, I've been to several funerals over the last couple of years. They're just you know, you get funeraled out. My brother said yesterday, I'm just funeraled out. And I and I get that too. I'm funeraled out. But how comforting it is to know that God has a plan to deal with death. And he's got a plan to 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 give us new bodies there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and we're going to have new bodies and i don't understand it but that's such a comforting promise what's god's goal to be with us that's always been his goal to be with us because he loves us so let's jump in and appreciate god's plan and appreciate the love he has for us so Revelation 20, verse 14, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. Okay? No more death. And Hades itself, this place where people were in a place of torment, were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay? So we've got this first resurrection of the saved. The second resurrection, the lost. Now, I want to stop here because we've got this resurrection, you know, concept here of the saved and the lost. I want to go back to 1 Corinthians and read a little bit from chapter 15, verse 35 through 49. It's talking about this resurrection body. And I think it's real appropriate because we're talking about 
what it's like to, to have these new bodies, to have this new creation body. And uh, this is described a little bit here, and, and maybe it'll help us understand just what we're getting ready to read again. So I'm going to jump back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You can read along if you're listening in with your Bible. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35. But if not, just listen. But someone will ask, okay, this is what we're asking, how are the dead raised? Isn't that what you've always wanted to ask? You know, what's it going to be like? You know, and that's what you're asking at every funeral you go to. And every time you go past the cemetery, you kind of look out there and ask yourself that. I know I'm supposed to go to heaven, I think. What's it going to be like? With what kind of body do they come? Okay? These are practical questions. I love this teaching right here. You foolish person, verses 36. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Okay, so he's kind of answering a question here. Now, all of chapter 15 is about the resurrection of Christ and then the resurrection of the dead. So, he's trying to answer some questions that they were talking about uh, earlier. And without having to read the whole of chapter 15, they were saying, well, Christ had to die first. And then, because he died first, you can die with him. And then, because Christ was raised... You are raised with him. Okay? So, it's with that. So, that's why he's saying, you foolish person, because they they're are saying Christ had to die first. All right? So, that's what he's saying. He says, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. So, in other words, Christ had to die first. Just like a seed is planted in the ground and it comes to life. Christ was like a, that seed of life. He was planted in the grave, and then the, he sprouted back to life. He was resurrected. Verse 7, And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. In other words, it's like the resurrected body has a little bit of component to, to the original seed, but it is a little bit different, too, because the seed creates something. It grows something the fruit of the seed. So it's like the body, but it's not like the body. But God gives it a body as he has chosen. This is verse 38. And to each kind of seed, its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. So if there's going to be you know, new animals created, they're going to have sort of new bodies too, I suppose, according to this. Verse 40, there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another. So when we are reborn and God gives us new bodies, it's kind of like a seed and it produces fruit and you've got this heavenly seed and then you're going to have an uh I'm mean, excuse me an earthly seed an earthly kind of a body and then you're going to have a heavenly body and they're not the same they're sort of the same but they're not the same Verse 41 There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars for different stars for star for star differs from star in glory verse 42 so it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. 
It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised in a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Right now we're in a natural body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living, a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Christ is like the last Adam. He gives life. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural. And then the spiritual. So in other words, you've got you've to put the natural to death and be raised in the spirit. Just like a seed sprouts. The first man was from an uh, was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. That's Jesus. As was the man of dust, so are there so also there are those <clears throat> who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have been been born the image, we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised, imperishable. And we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on the immortality... Then we shall come to pass the saying that is written. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is God. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Okay? The funeral, the death is not the last statement for those who believe. Now, with that said, let's look at verse, chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Just like the, the body, just like the, the, the earthly or the natural order of things, the new thing, the spiritual part is going to come. And the sea was no more. Does this mean there's no water? No the sea, McGee says, could be referring to the rebellion nations and things like that because that was where the beast came from, from the sea. So from the, the sea of the, all of the nations, it could be the sea, could be literal. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The bride of Christ, the body of Christ. It's like a city. This holy city is referred to the bride of Christ, a bride 
The body of Christ is the, like a bride. Everybody's going to be dwelling. We've got a new heaven, a new earth, and new, and new heavenly bodies. Immortal. And I don't quite understand how it's going to look. Nobody does. But <clears throat> my study Bible had a reference. Like, it's because God wants to dwell with man. We have to be of the Spirit. We have to be of heaven. We can't be of the earth. Nothing of the earth can can dwell with God. We have to have a, a new heaven, a new earth, new bodies. What's the ultimate goal? Emmanuel. God to be with us. God with us. And the sign of that is Jesus Christ. He comes to earth. He is heavenly and becomes earthly so that we can be earthly and become heavenly. God be with us. God with us is what Emmanuel means. And the sign of that is Jesus Christ. We're going to stop here. I'll turn the rest of this podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. And uh, what a great study today. Wow, so encouraging. God with us. So, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ. I'll see you next time. Take care. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Revelation chapter 20, beginning at verse 14, all the way to chapter 21, verses 1 to verse 2. So scripture reads, verse 14 and 15 of Revelation 20, Then death and Hades will cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So Hades, uh, which is also known as Sheol in the Old Testament, Hades is in the New Testament, is not hell. So this is a place of the unseen dead. It's like a prison for the unsaved who have died. So it's actually divided into two compartments in the Lord Jesus Christ in the parable of the poor man and the rich man who died, divided it into paradise and the place of torment. So paradise was emptied when Christ took uh, with him at his ascension the Old Testament believers. And we have this in Ephesians 4 verses 8 to 10, which reads... Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this is, now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the low parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all of heaven, that he must fill all things. So... Christ did two things um, when he ascended, before he ascended, actually. He gave gifts, that's spiritual gifts to men here on earth, and he t took with him to heaven the Old Testament saints that had actually died, um, and the place called paradise, sorry, to the place called paradise. So the place uh, of torment will deliver up the lost for judgment. This is where um, that's before the great 
white throne judgment so when the unsaved die they go to hades that's a place of torment before the great white throne judgment and then they are cast into the um they are cast into the um, lake of fire so the place of torment it will actually deliver up the lost for judgment at the great white throne judgment and all who stand at this judgment are lost and are cast into the lake of fire which is the second death the lord called it outer darkness so this is symbolic of something worse than literal fire so anytime we have a symbol here in scripture it's actually symbolic of something that's worse than that so because a symbol is something that we can actually relate to and comprehend so it's it's, it's a representation of something that's worse than um, the symbol itself so it's worse than literal fire and outer darkness so it is eternal separation from god after all death is separation so death is man's greatest enemy because a man cannot overcome death so it, death doesn't choose whether you're rich poor white blue green purple man cannot overcome death and it will finally be removed from the earth um when the Lord Jesus Christ comes to reign on earth. And we have this in Hosea chapter 13. We'll just turn to Hosea chapter 13 verse 14. And it reads, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be your plagues. O grave, I will be your destruction. Pity is hidden from my eyes. And Paul in First Corinthians, um, this First Corinthians fifteen verses twenty six and fifty five reads. So read verse twenty six. It reads, "The last enemy that will be destroyed is death." That's at verse twenty six, and verse fifty five reads, "O death." Where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? So Hades is the prison of lost souls and are likewise cast into the lake of fire, like I had actually mentioned before. So if man won't accept the life of God, he must accept the only other alternative. That's to go to Hades. And uh, God never actually created you and me to be in this place Hades the place of torment but you know there is no other option for him because our God is a holy God and he judges so if one does not does not accept God the second death means eternal and absolute separation from God okay so now we get to chapter 21 and in this chapter we have eternity it's actually unveiled to us so we have a new heaven a new earth a new era a new jerusalem and the eternal dwelling place of the um, lamb's bride that's um the lamb's bride uh, without the old nature so we will be a new creation in christ jesus so it's going to be a dwelling place going to be a new everything a new nature we're going to be giving a new nature in glorified bodies so there will be a new life and changes that will happen um so all things will actually become new 
So we will have a new redeemed um, glorified body. And the redeemed will actually receive the glorified bodies like Christ. So it's going to be a new universe. And there's going to be new methods and new approaches and new laws that are going to be put in place. There's going to be readjustment of so many things. So some of the changes that are suggested in the next two chapters. That's... Um, yeah, in chapter actually chapter twenty one and twenty two, um, uh, you know, include the following, and Dr. Jeevan Logie uh, listed six of them. So the first change, visible change, they will be the total absence of sin and temptation and testing, and this is going to be awesome. And then um, the second uh, visible change is the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven means that the earth. And all of the new creation and all the galactic systems will actually revolve about the new Jerusalem. So it's everything will be centered around the new Jerusalem because uh, it's uh, God and Christ's dwelling place. And the third change that's going to take place is the law of gravity will radically be revised. So there will be traffic between the new Jerusalem and the earth so the church is going to um be in the new jerusalem and reign with christ so there's going to be that traffic christ is going to track okay we're assuming but the possibilities are like all point towards that so christ is going to be moving from the new jerusalem to here on earth the old jerusalem and um yeah because he will be reigning here on earth and the fourth um noticeable change is there will be no sun to give light because God himself will supply it directly to the universe so there will be no there will be um the absence of light because we won't be needing that time you know that time to rest because we will have new bodies so this is something that's because sun's going to be eliminated disease is going to be eliminated and we'll be new glorified will be like christ and uh, the fifth change is there won't be any sea on earth which actually occupies most of the earth's surface today so meaning um you know we won't have any fish to eat squids um snails whatever it is that people eat from the sea um, because man will be a vegetarian in the millennium as well as in eternity as he was in the garden of eden and then the sixth change is the presence of Christ and God the Father with God's throne will be made visible. And um, it actually ushers in a new day for man and a new creation. So verse 1 and 2, I'll read. Scripture reads, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more see verse 2 then i john saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god prepared as a bride adorned for her husband um okay so here we have a new heaven a new earth and a new jerusalem and john here is saying he saw so meaning john is still a spectator seeing all these um he has this panoramic view 
of the program of God's program what it's gonna be like so he's still a spectator to all of these scenes so this present order that we're currently in um, is actually going to pass away in order to actually make room for the new heaven and earth and Isaiah in Isaiah 66 verse 22 reads for as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me says the Lord so shall your descendants and your name remain so god had actually promised abraham a land forever and he had also promised david a throne forever and daniel had prophesied a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and this is the eternal kingdom so the new earth will see the fulfillment of these prophecies that daniel talked about and if we look at hebrews that's in hebrews 11 verse 13 to 16 scripture reads these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off were assured of them embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland and truly if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out they would have had opportunity to return but now they desire a better that is a heavenly country therefore god is not ashamed to be called their god for he has prepared a city for them so that is you know heavenly country here is um it means heaven is actually coming to earth and not us going to earth to heaven so heaven is coming down a heavenly country and that's what is actually meant in the lord's prayer when you know we say thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven the heaven the kingdom is coming down here on earth and in second peter so that's second peter chapter 3 verse 13 it reads nevertheless we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells and second peter the same chapter uh, chapter 3 verse 7 it reads but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men and um verse 10 of second peter chapter 3 actually verse 10 and 11 go on to read but the day of the lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up verse 11 therefore since all these things will be dissolved what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness so here we see that the chief characteristic of the new world 
the absence of the sun and this will um, automatically change the climate the atmosphere and you know the living conditions and it makes it actually impossible for the human mind to actually comprehend imagine three quarters of the earth is water but that water is no longer there so it, it's kind of hard to like imagine um so the great transformation which will take place in um a new creation is like it's a lot to take in and to comprehend so by the disappearance of the sea so the population of the earth can be doubled tripled quadrupled because of the increase of the land surface so the sea has been a barrier you know for good and for bad as well um you know and it's also uh, a reminder of the earth's past water judgment in time in the uh noadic days so um let me just read verse 2 again of scripture that's 21 to revelation then i john saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god prepared as a bride adorned in her, for her husband so here now this is where we are actually going to uh live in so this is our home we're going to live in this place the city called the new jerusalem and it's um planet in itself so the new jerusalem shouldn't be identified with the old jerusalem so we are pilgrims and strangers down here but we have a permanent home over there in eternity um you know just as hebrews has stated we are pilgrims we're just passing through we're travelers we we are not here to actually stay on and um we have um a permanent home uh, we're just living in borrowed time to phrase it differently okay so this is our teaching for today Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.